Well, good morning. Welcome to uh, the Lord's gathering of His church, where we have come to worship in song and now in the Word of God. And so if you've got your copy of God's Word with you, I invite you to open it, not to Ephesians this morning, but to Luke's Gospel, chapter number 23. And I would ask you to stand for the reading of verses 39 through 43, or 42, 43, (laughs) this morning. One of the criminals who were hanged railed at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself. And us. And the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you're under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, Truly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. This is God's word. You may be seated. You know, next Lord's Day, we'll be celebrating the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. A resurrection that only carries the weight that it does because of what happened on Calvary's cross. And Calvary's cross only carries the weight of what it did because of the resurrection we'll celebrate next Lord's Day. But I want to invite you guys to pray with me for those that will be with us today and perhaps the next Lord's Day that uh, don't always attend um, services. Let's pray that on that day, both the cross and the resurrection will be magnified in their hearts. Amen? All right. Well, guys, let's pray together uh, before we think about this text today. Father, we... Lord, thank you again for another day, the grace of another day, another day for us to um, rise and bring glory to your name, another uh, beginning, another day for us to, Lord, seek after your heart, and Lord, another day for us to gather together as your people and to worship you in spirit and in truth. And now, Lord, as we um, consider these verses that were read this morning, I pray, Father, that you uh, draw out of this text what you want communicated today. Lord, 
we ask that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Well, one Friday, somewhere around probably 31 A.D., at approximately 9 a.m. in the morning, the absolutely brutally beaten body of our Lord Jesus Christ was crucified. He was hung on a rugged Roman cross on top of a hill that in Latin is called Calvary. There he hung. He was pierced with three Roman spikes and hung between two common thieves. Thieves that, unlike Jesus, were guilty. They were guilty of their crimes. One of them on that day, the one in the middle, was satisfying the wrath of God, accomplishing the gospel of our salvation. The other one that hung to his side was refusing his need of a salvation from that wrath that was coming. The other, on the other side, was receiving exactly what he needed. The gospel that Christ was accomplishing on Calvary's cross. This morning, I want us to consider these two common criminals. I want us to consider them because when we look at these criminals, we see something of ourselves. They were sinners. They were sinners in need of a salvation. And when we look at these two criminals, the question becomes, the probing question for anyone that ever hears what I'm saying right now, is which one of these criminals best represents you? Which, which one of these evildoers represents evil you? Which one of them describes who you are? I drop us a title over this text this morning. Refusal, Repentance, and Redemption. Guys, I pray that you experience that repentance and that redemption. Amen? Amen. Well, let's just walk through this text this morning. The first thing that I would draw out to you is that we see the refusal of a sinner. We see the refusal of a sinner in verse 39. In verse 39, we witness one of the criminals. King James uses the term malefactors in the original. The word that's actually used there, it just simply means an evildoer. Okay, he was an evil doer, and we witness him railing Jesus. 
railing Jesus. That is blaspheming Jesus. That is speaking evil of Jesus. And it, it wasn't like he just made one little statement like what we see right here in the text that we have. But the word for railing there in the original Greek is in the imperfect tense, which means he didn't just rail him one time, but he was keeping on and keeping on railing Jesus, speaking evil of Jesus continuing to mock him, continuing to insult him. Here, this criminal that was railing him was hanging right next to the Savior of the world. This criminal had witnessed firsthand Jesus' humble reaction to the insults of the crowd. This criminal had heard him talking to his father, praying for his persecutors. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. This criminal, this criminal had first hand had observed the stamina of Christ on the cross, hanging there. Yet, this criminal was blinded by his own sin. This criminal was blinded by his own evil. This criminal rejects Jesus and refuses to submit to Him. He asked the question, Are you the Christ? That's not a question like that issued by John the Baptist, if you think back to when he was in prison. That is an insincere question. It's not a question of inquiry, but a, a jesting question of mockery. Are you the Christ? If so, save yourself and save us. He wasn't being respectful to Jesus. That criminal is found in abundance today. That criminal is around us in all kinds of places. That criminal goes by many names. That criminal is wherever you find a sinner who refuses to submit to Jesus Christ. It's wherever you find that reaction, you find this criminal. You find him in the atheist who questions the very existence of God. You find him in the person who is boastful and arrogant and who really does not see their need of God. And most folks in here go, yeah. But I want you to know something this morning. This criminal you find in churches all across the land. This criminal sits in pews. This criminal 
is on church membership roles. This criminal is in leadership positions. This criminal carries the title Southern Baptist or Methodist or Assembly of God. This criminal, if you could perhaps take off the mask that someone next to you is wearing on Sundays, this criminal might be sitting right next to you. Now stop looking at everybody around you. Okay. But it's true. You see, this criminal represents those who refuse to humbly submit by faith to Jesus. What this criminal does is they mock Jesus with their faith-like flirtations. (laughs) They mock Him in that manner. In their hearts, this criminal says, I don't know if he's real or not. I don't really know if he's the only way, like that preacher said. I don't know if heaven is truly there waiting for me or if hell is there waiting for me. But, 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 if you are the Christ, then save me, 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 me. Guys, there's no faith there. There's no real faith there. There's no conviction of sin that brings you to a deep need of the Savior. There is only a self-preserving, keep-my-bases-covered mentality that has no love for Christ there. That is what this criminal does. They only flirt with the idea of God and flirt with the Gospel and they pray a little prayer so that they've got their ticket to heaven just in case they need it one day. Are you that criminal? That's that criminal who refuses to submit to Jesus. You see, this criminal saw Jesus face to face. This criminal had salvation right there with Him hanging on the middle cross and there was eternal rescue and redemption that could have been His. Unfortunately, this man hung there and slowly suffocated to death only to open his eyes in hell. This criminal. And unless some of you repent, and receive Jesus Christ, you too will find that same fate. Many are those that fall asleep on the church pew to wake up in the fiery pit. Oh, may the Lamb of God have mercy upon us all. That is truth. Now, Moving past that criminal. We see the repentance of a sinner. We see the repentance of a sinner in verses 40, 41, 42. We see the exact opposite 
of that first criminal. We go from an evildoer that refused and rejected the Lamb of God to an evildoer who repents and receives the Lamb of God who hung on that middle cross that day. Listen again to what he says. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God since you're under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward for, the, for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Oh, it's a night and day difference between this criminal and the other. This criminal unlike the first, makes an honest admission. He saw by faith the one who hung on the middle cross and he makes an appropriate and humble appeal to the Savior in response to who the Savior was. The experience of the second criminal is as different as heaven and hell. Now, somebody might say when they think about that criminal, now, wait a minute, pastor, he's being a little presumptuous. That criminal says, Jesus, remember me when you come in to your kingdom. That's not presumption. That's faith. That's the kind of faith that God is looking for. That is the kind of faith that pleases God. Do you remember what the writer of Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 6 said? Ray writes this, Without faith it is impossible to please Him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that He exists and that He is a rewarder of those who seek Him. He was just believing God was a rewarder of the one that was, seek, that was seeking Him. Okay? That was faith. Now, notice how repentance and the reception of Jesus unfold in this man. Um, three things I would note here about him. One, we see an, honest, an honesty about his, his sinfulness. What is, what is he cry? He says, we're here hanging. He's talking to the other criminal. He says, we're here hanging for our deeds. And it's right. It's just. We're justly being condemned. Unlike this one in the middle. This one they call the Christ. He was admitting his, his guilt. He, was, he, was, he knew he, he deserved there. He wasn't trying to just get out of his punishment. He knew that he deserved his punishment. This criminal. This criminal not only honestly admitted his own sinfulness, his own evil, he was convinced, convinced that he was the Christ. Jesus was the Christ. He cried, what did he say to the other criminal? He says, do you not fear God? Do you not fear God? This one has done no wrong. And then he tells him, remember when you come in your kingdom, acknowledging that if he's coming in his kingdom, he's acknowledging that what? He is a king. Christ is king. And I tell you on that day, that criminal became one of the little kings with a little K. That Christ is the big king with the big K of. 
Hallelujah. And then what else did he do? What did we see? How else do we see the repentance and reception of Jesus here? We see that he called on Jesus to save him. No, he did not formulate some high priestly prayer. No, he didn't speak out to the crowd and say, hand me that track so I can read that prayer written on the back. He said, remember me. Salvation isn't in the words you say, it's in the one to whom you pray. Remember me. Wow. So, the Lord is letting us see a sinner that refuses Him. He's letting us see a sinner that repents and receives Him. Now look what He lets us see in verse 43. We see a rescue by the Savior. We see a rescue. In verse 43, it's, it, we see the guaranteed rescue and redemption of this latter criminal. The same rescue and redemption that in the gospel is provided to you. Wow. You see, to as many as receive Him, writes John, to them does He give the power to become the children of God. Children not born of the will of the flesh, not born of the will of man. That's John's words, but born of God. Wow. Wow. Wow, what does Jesus do? Jesus says to him that day, He says, Truly, truly, I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. In other words, guilty evildoer, guess what? I'm preparing a place for you right now that you may be where I am also. Today, you're going to be with me. You're going to be right there with me. You're going to be in the presence of the Father with me. You're going to be in paradise with me. I've got you. And when that criminal closed his eyes and he opened them up, when he closed them in death, he opened them up in the glorious presence of the Lord God Almighty. Hallelujah. That is amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch, a criminal, an evildoer like me. Wow. Now, In the words, today, you will be with me in paradise. Oh, there's some things I would remind you of that I would note for you that I would have you to notice there. First of all, there is nothing so bad and so evil that God can't save a sinner from. You hear me? You hear me? This this man was a thief just like the other one. This man was just as much worthy of hell as the other one. Yet this man discovered what it was to be washed. He discovered what it was to be justified in the blood of Jesus. This man experienced the reality that therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. This man did because there's nothing 
so bad that Christ will not save you from so long as you long to come to Christ. That's my qualifying statement on that. So long as you want to come to Christ. Wow. That's gospel. That's good news. That is good news. Second observation from that statement. You, you ought to have been able to come up with this second statement because we have spent what two we spent about two Lord's days in, in Romans, Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. But here's the second thing that this tells me is that salvation is not earned, it's given. Salvation is not earned. It's given. This man, this man did not have time to come down off the cross and get his life right. You follow what I'm saying? He didn't have time. What I mean by that, he didn't have time to come down off the cross and right all his wrongs. He didn't have time to come down off the cross and do his little good deeds. He didn't have time to come off the cross and go to some church and walk down some aisle. He didn't, have to do, he didn't have time to do that. He didn't earn it. It was given. It was given. Jonathan Edwards rightly says that the only thing we have contributed to our salvation is the sin that made it necessary. End quote. And that's the truth. Third thing out of that statement. There is never a time too late this side of heaven to be saved so long as, here comes the qualifier, so long as you want to be saved. So long as you want to be saved. Now, to wait until you're knocking at death's door is absolutely foolish. You never know what the next second holds. You can be breathing well in the sanctuary right now and killed in the road on your way home. I, again, you guys know my heart and you know my theology. That is not a scare tactic. That is simply a reality. Okay. However, if a sinner finds themselves in the hour of their death before they humbly receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, if they truly repent and receive Jesus Christ in the final countdown, He is just as much mighty to save them then as He was mighty to save them when they were 7, 8, 9, 10, and 11. What I'm saying is, is that Jesus is mighty to save no matter where you are in life. Wow. Again, that doesn't mean, well, preacher said that guy got saved on his deathbed. That means I think I'm going to wait. No, because you may just seal your fate. That is not what that means. 
Remember, I made a qualifying statement. I said there's never a time too late this side of heaven to get saved so long as you want to be saved. There are people in this world that wanted to be saved at one point in time that never want to be saved later on. And they will never want to be saved. The Spirit isn't drawing them. I'm not going to get into all of the eternal counsels there, but I'll just remind you, you don't get saved when you want to. You get saved when God says, Hear me? Wow. Wow. Have you been rescued by Jesus? Which, which, which criminal reflects your heart? Which one? If you're like the one who refuses Jesus, let me close by reminding you of this. If there is breath in your lungs, if there is concern over your condition, if there is conviction of sin, then today is what I call a wake-up of sovereign grace. Right now, repent and receive the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the many of you that have received Christ and submitted to Him, today is a day for you to rejoice. To rejoice in what Christ has done. To rejoice in what Christ has given. And what has He given you? He has given you eternal life that will never pass away. Rejoice in it. Not in the gift that is given, but rejoice in the giver who gave. Rejoice in Him today. Amen? Now, Lord willing, next week we'll be thinking about the mighty resurrection in some way. Hallelujah. But today, you need to consider what is the message through this passage that is being spoken to your heart today. And my prayer is that you rightly respond to it. Let's bow our heads. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus.